Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The first time I saw it, I got goosebumps. It was perfect for me. I felt like we could go anywhere together. <sighs> There's nothing like finding your match on cars.com. With over 50,000 cars added daily and a powerful advanced search, you're sure to discover the one. Cars.com. It's magical. Click or tap to find your perfect match on cars.com today. A car shopping experience meets an out-of-body experience. With 50,000 cars added daily and unbelievably smart matchmaking, the new Cars.com. It's magical. And good morning, everyone. We are live on the Falcons podcast. My name is Scott Kennedy. I will be your host along with my co-host over on this side, Nick Kendall. Uh, I am in Atlanta. He is in Seattle, so we're coast-to-coast with your football coverage Nick, it was a glorious weekend, at least here in the South, in Atlanta, and uh, a great weekend for some prospects at the NFL Combine. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing pretty well. Can't complain. Got to hang out with some friends this weekend. Had a dinner one night and brunch another. So, you know, we're living it up, that millennial style, right? Avocado toast and all that. Some good coffee. (laughs) But uh, no, doing well. Um, Excited to talk about the Combine results and all the juicy stuff that comes from that. And now we're going to start to get some real moves as well. So everything just keeps ratcheting up uh through the end of april so excited for that yeah between uh between the nfl combine and now free agency next week it's going to be really busy the pro days for some of the guys that didn't run or want to do some of the other things it's going to be this is one of my favorite times of the year honestly you know with uh with football you know that for what we do this is this is one of my favorite times of the year um some of the things we want to get into this morning on the falcons podcast is one the options at number eight are starting to look very good. There's, you know, there, the discussion was, and I always kind of say, pump the brakes a little bit. You know, let's see. They, they, last year we were talking about it wasn't a very good draft. And I was like, baloney, this was a very good draft, very deep draft through 150. Let's see. Let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit and see how some of these guys perform and how they might translate to the next level. Uh, so we'll talk about some of the options at eight, some of the guys that really helped them stock, help their stock. Two, 
we'll talk some trade rumors. There's been some buzz going around about <clears throat> the Bears moving out of one. That's been going on for a while, but the Falcons possibly being one of those teams talking about trading up to number one. And then the Lamar Jackson stuff that just won't go away. And there was some news that might make it sound like it makes a little more sense for the Atlanta Falcons where they might not have to give up as much to uh, to make a move for someone like Lamar Jackson. Now, he's still going to cost big money, but you know, money's money. They, they can make you can generate more revenue. It's hard to give up uh, three draft picks. Let's say good morning to some folks in the chat real quick because this thing's starting to open up and reach its way out into the into the Twitter sphere and YouTube sphere and Facebook sphere. Uh, Michael Ranquillo coming in, always in. First off this morning, thank you. Says good morning, Scott and Nick on the Falcons podcast. Good morning to you as well. Big Al says it's a beautiful morning. It certainly is. We've got one of those 30 degrees, 30 degree swing days coming in Atlanta, Nick. It was 45 this morning and will be 75 this afternoon. So gorgeous, gorgeous day. Yeah, we had sun yesterday, which was nice. Uh, <laughs> it's been pretty wet and rainy here, but uh, you live with the wet and the rain in the wintertime here. So that way you have glorious green summertime. Victor Company says, good morning, Scott and Nick. Hope you guys enjoyed your weekend in the combine as well. Um, we did, and he's got, we'll, we'll hit up one of his questions first because he probably noticed who I put on the cover this morning of uh, the cover art for this show. Joe Cannon getting us cranked up, already come in with the like on Facebook as it's as it's coming out. And Victor says, is it, is it crazy to think about the possibility to draft Richardson at number eight if available and go to an open competition between him and Ritter? Would that be a waste of a pick? Nick, what are your thoughts on that? If you like Richardson, it's not a waste of a pick. Uh, his upside is tremendous. Uh, this is all hearsay, but it's and Nick's internet decided to take a break while we're going to say that. So I'm going to kind of finish his thought on that. Okay, you're back. Go ahead, Nick. Maybe you're not back. Um, Nick's, Nick's got the extender on the way. Hopefully the internet will catch up on this one. Is it crazy to draft Richardson at number eight? No. Uh, no, it's not. I think Richardson has talked as what has, has, has tested his way up into the top five consideration. Um if you like him, you've got Desmond Ritter. If Desmond Ritter is your fallback, you know, okay, we draft Richardson at number eight for upside. Let's see how this works. We know Desmond Ritter can do a job. So if the Atlanta Falcons draft number eight and Desmond Ritter holds on to that job, that's not a bad thing. That means you've got a, you should have good quarterback players stacking them up until you got the right guy. If Ritter is the right guy and Anthony Richardson pushes him, you can find ways to use a six foot four, two hundred and forty five pound four four guy with a forty inch vertical leap. You can find ways to use him in different packages and whatnot. Uh, the Philadelphia third and one; those were automatic first downs. Um, you know, I, I think it was that. No, was it or was it the Chiefs? Either way, the, those quarterback sneaks were automatic first downs. You can find ways to use Richardson. I think teams looking for a quarterback, and I don't know that the Falcons are or not. There's still some smoke around that are pretty happy with what they saw from Anthony Richardson, Nick. Yeah. I mean, crazy tester. Uh, apparently he did really well with the interviews at the combine where they put him up on the whiteboard and uh, he probably was number two in terms of the number two or two B in terms of the throwing at the combine, but with the best tools, it sounds like, and from what I saw, CJ Stroud's throwing uh, session was far and away. Number one, obviously not the athlete, but uh, that's a minute like, might've been number one. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I don't know about that. But CJ Stroud, I was very impressed by. Ben Bennett was fine. 
Uh, and then also Will Levis, I thought was pretty, you can just tell the arm looks different for that, the body type, and then uh, Richardson right there. So yeah, Richardson at eight. If you love him, that'd be great. Uh, that'd take him. Ritter was a third round pick last season. He looks like he's competent, but you know, you're not looking for competent at quarterback. You're looking for a franchise guy. Yep. The other thing is, and this is also circles back to the Falcons, maybe trading up with where this team is at in terms of this Arthur Smith regime with the cap that they have this year, you're probably not picking top 10 next year. Also the NFC South where it is. I mean, this is, this is your chance. If you see a quarterback, this cycle, it's unbelievably expensive to get into the top 10 to go get a quarterback. So this might be your chance. That was my argument for taking Justin Fields at number four two years ago was, you know, if you don't have the guy and you're going to need him because Matt Ryan was 36 years old, it's really expensive to go and get him. Um, mm -hmm. They might have it in Ritter. And if they're not sure, there sure is a lot of noise about the Falcons looking at quarterbacks this offseason. Joe Cannon always looking at us. He's a great morning, Scott and Nick. What a weekend full of surprises. Um, yeah, we'll get into some of those too. We got about 30 minutes today to go, and then we'll be back for a full hour on Wednesday morning. Victor comes and he says, my two priorities at number eight would be Christian Gonzalez, corner from Oregon. I put him on the cover of this one because I, I think, again, it seems like the guys are the moves we've really wanted since we've been doing this, Nick, for the Falcons have just, just been out of reach just a little bit. So, you know, has Gonzalez played his way up above that number eight pick? Possibly. Or Tyree Wilson? I don't think Tyree Wilson will be there at eight. Both of them have enormous upside. It will be a hell of a pick. I'll throw in two more names in there, Nick. You know, since we're this is what we're on as far as guys that could be really interesting. Lucas Van Ness has absolutely played his way into top 10 consideration, tested his way in there, and, and showed enough on the field with his versatility and the size and traits and tools and the things he can do. Paris Johnson, offensive lineman. Now, Paris Johnson or Peter Skronsky look to be the top two to go off the board more than likely. One of them is prototype. One of them is prototype guard looking uh, with Skaronsky. You, you talk about the testing and Paris Johnson, what he could bring. Paris Johnson was the other person I put on the cover of this show as someone who all of a sudden becomes really intriguing depending on what happens with Caleb McGarry. Yeah, and Broderick Jones had a heck of a weekend as well. Uh, came in taller than, than he measured at Georgia, which is weird. I think he came in like 6'5 and a half or 6'5, and he was listed at 6'4 at Georgia. I ran a sub 540, uh, which uh, 40 doesn't matter for big men. You know, it doesn't correlate to the field. His 10-yard split was also awesome. Uh, so, And I thought he looked great in drills. Uh, so those, one of those three offensive linemen I think would be in that, you know, 8 through 20 range. They'll all be off the board uh, without a doubt. So... We'll see what happens. As far as Christian Gonzalez, did he play himself out of the eighth overall? Possibly. I could see him going as high as six. That's a team in uh, Detroit that is desperate for some cornerback help. Uh, Jeff Akuda has not been great opposite him. They don't have anybody. So I could see him going as high as six overall. He's got 32-inch arm length, a lot of ball production at uh, Oregon this last year, uh, jumped really well, ran well with the size. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's established himself firmly at cornerback two for me. All right. We know, we've talked corner, edge, offensive tackle, wide receiver. Is there a wide receiver out there? Because again, you know, yes, you want to go the Falcons. I think most Falcons fans, we all pretty much agree here in Atlanta. This team needs defense, but if the right guy's not there, you don't want them to reach and, and miss at number eight. If you could get a short, th there's no such thing. If you could get another really good player at a different position, you've got to just keep stacking talent. Mm -hmm. You can use somebody basically at every position. 
Uh, yep. The only one that's pretty much sealed up is like right guard. That's that's about it. You can use another corner. You can use another receiver. You can use another um, offensive tackle. Maybe you might not be set at quarterback running back. You could definitely use another running back. You know, there's anyway wide receiver. If it's a wide receiver, would it be Quentin Johnson? He's still the tested, you know, great, great athlete, whatever. He's pretty raw. Honestly, somebody compared him to Cordell Johnson uh, the other day. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe um, as far as some of the movement skills, Cordell Patterson. Excuse okay. me. I'm like, wait a minute. Keyshawn Cordell. No, no, no. Cordell <laughs> Patterson. Excuse me. Uh, but uh, the guy who stole the show from me this weekend at wide receiver was Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, mm-hmm. had unbelievable agilities there. Didn't run the 40 probably for good reason. He's not the fastest in a straight line, but the body control and his work in the field drills was flawless, flawless. He was unbelievably uh, beautiful. I was uh, listening to Dane Brugler talk about it. And he said that like, even, you know, down on the field, it's so quiet at the combine. It's such a weird atmosphere uh, that um, the ball sounded different landing in Jackson Smith and Jigba's hands compared to everybody else. It was like a soft, um, you know, throwing it into pillows versus some of these other guys where you see him like clapping the ball, like Darnell Washington had a great combine, but still fighting the ball out there um, for some of those guys. So yeah, either of those guys, great. I think they're going to be no doubt first rounders in this class. I wouldn't take them in the top eight, top mm-hmm. 12. Personally, I don't see that guy uh, in either of them, but they're good players, just not at eight. Elcone might be the best of the measurements for overall athleticism. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigbiz was a six five seven. The next closest wide receiver was three tenths of a second slower at six eight five. I mean, that's crazy. That's insane. <laughs> that's Usain Bolt running against everybody else, you know, and kind of raising his hand and, and watching as he goes across the line. That's how different that is. Is just. And you you talk about, you know, the L cone is basically, it's it's kind of a weave almost. It's a change of directions at speed. So it's not a start-stop kind of like the shuttle is. When I think of a guy running a route, what of these drills is most like that? It's it's an L cone. You know, when you're coming in and out of breaks and you're not necessarily, unless you're, you know, cranking down and stopping and coming back to the ball. But, you know, quick change of direction on the fly is an L cone. At 6'5", I mean, a 6'5", L cone, that's insane. Could he be the type of guy that could help unlock this offense when you've got the twin towers and then you've got somebody that you put in between them with that type of athleticism? And could he be a trade down candidate? Would he be somebody if the Falcons said, hey, we want to move back a little bit. Let's move back to 15 and pick up another second rounder. Then do you take a look at maybe somebody like this as well? Yeah, certainly if you move down, I think that's a possibility. All right. I'm big out. Here's uh, I want to say Jeremy came in and I'm going to hit everybody here real quick. Uh, Jeremy says, good morning, everyone. He's got a question we'll get to as well. And Jamal says, good morning, Nick and chat. Let's get this show started. Rise up. And he says, stay away from Anthony Richardson. I get this one. I, I do. 53% passer or so. You know, I had a discussion with, with some, uh, some of the guys the other night, you know, when they were talking about Jalen Hurts, you know, really coming on wasn't really thought of. I'm like, Jalen Hurts was a 70% passer in college. Anthony Richardson is 53%. Now, we can fall in love with the traits. And the thing is, is it's not just a traits guy for me. This isn't, you know, when you when you sent it to me, I kind of ingest, ingest sent uh response back with Terrell Pryor. 
Terrell Pryor was not a quarterback. He should have been gone straight wide receiver. I had this argument way back in the day. He was like the number one overall player. He could get away with playing quarterback, much like Tim Tebow could in college and be good at it, but he didn't have an NFL future. I think Anthony Richardson has an NFL arm as far as release and strength goes, if not necessarily the refinement and the accuracy yet. But when you watch him play and he's throwing 50%, it scares the bejesus out of you, Nick. Yeah, it's also the one year, one and a half year starting uh, down there. So still a guy who doesn't have that fit that Parcells uh, number of starts mold that you're looking for. So yeah, he's a, if you're looking to play it safer for the quarterback position there, there are other options in this class. Uh, But again, for me, if it comes down to, if you believe, if you buy in the person uh, between the ears and, you know, in the chest cavity on top of the athleticism and the arm talent that he has, uh, I, I would take a swing. I mean, it's always a, a lottery ticket at the quarterback position, but if you don't play the game, you're not going to hit right. And you have to play the game at quarterback. You're not just going to luck your way into it unless you're, you know, six round Tom Brady, but you got to take a calculated risk at some point. And it's, it's one of those. It's like, God, the Falcons need defense across the board. You know, they need a corner. They need a safety. They need defensive linemen. They need edge. Uh, Linebacker might be okay, but even that's up for grabs considering that Rashad Evans was a free agent too. You know, they, they need defense. But again, you're hopefully not drafting in the top 10 again, and you've got competency at least in Ritter. We're not sure if he's going to be move on and be more from that. That's still a question mark. That if you can get a guy that you don't necessarily have to start right away with the physical upside in a running-based offense who runs the ball more than anybody, and Arthur Smith, yeah, you become you become real interested in what Anthony Richardson might be for the Falcons. Honestly. Uh, good morning, Billy. Appreciate you coming in. And, uh, Jeremy comes in. He says, uh, Paris Johnson makes sense. We move on from McGarry. All right. Wanted to ask you this. I think I kind of interrupted myself. Paris Johnson, Peter Skronsky, Broderick Jones. If McGarry is no longer an Atlanta Falcon, which way are you going? Paris Johnson's my number one. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I'm going with him. Without a doubt. I mean, he tested well the 36 and a eighth or 36 and a quarter arm length as well. Uh, inside, outside versatility played left guard there last year, left tackle this season. Uh, can flip over to right tackle, in my opinion. So, yeah, Paris Johnson's my number one. I think they're all really good, though. Um, so <laughs> I'd be okay with him. I think Johnson is probably the best uh, versatile tackle where I think uh, Scarancy is probably going to end up at center or guard. Broderick Jones, a little bit more raw, probably the best probably is the best, most explosive athlete of the bunch. Uh, but I'm not sure about his, uh, him flipping spots right now. Also, I think there's going to be a rougher transition for him than the other two. Could be, could be an option. And again, I think he's a good option at number eight. If, uh, you know, there's several good options. If you decide you want to go offensive line, there's going to be several good options at eight. Uh, big Al says, get another receiver in free agency you're going to get a couple of receivers. I, I think you get one in the draft and I think you get one in, um, in free agency. But the problem is, is right now, and there will be cap differences, you know, cap changes and stuff right now. One of the top free agent receivers is, is Alameda Zacchaeus, you know, and, and that's a guy that you're saying, okay, yeah, he's a nice four, uh, but we're looking for a two, you know, so the, the free agent class for wide receivers, which might elevate some of these guys in the draft, Al, into saying, okay, I need to get a receiver in this because I I don't see anybody that's really going to help me in free agency. Um, 
Michael asks, is which wide receiver is the best route runner in the, in the 2023 NFL draft? Now, I don't know if he can run the routes uh, as well, but he certainly has the physical ability. When you're when you're talking about a 6'5 Elkhorn, and J- uh, Smith and Jigba is got to be a guy who can get open like that with his change of direction. Didn't have the best uh, combine this week, but Jordan Addison's a pretty good route runner as well. And I know that sometimes, you know, if somebody doesn't test as well, we all kind of panic and overreate, overreact to some things. But he's still, you know, a top 50 pick and a damn good route runner that uh, should be a good wide receiver too with some mostly slot but inside-outside ability. But Jackson's with the jig, but probably number Yeah, one. I saw Addison, you know, he I think he got mentioned at one point, you know, at number eight, and I watched – and I think my reaction was, uh, I think I told you when I watched Jordan Addison was, wow, I really like that quarterback. That was, that was <laughs> oh, my yeah. reaction watching Addison was like, he's, he's okay. Yeah. You know, would I like him? Yeah. Maybe in the second or third. Yep. Uh, definitely not high first. If he gets into the first, I think that's more of a indication of wide receiver on the whole and this class, as opposed to where would Addison have been in the class of receivers last year, which was pretty deep. Mm-hmm. Um, relatively low i mean maybe double digits nick when you start adding in guys like you know alec pierce um christian watson guys like that jordan addison probably would have come in seventh eighth ninth at best in that receiver class last year yeah probably about there uh Really interesting. Josh Downs, another one I think worth shouting out there from UNC. Interesting player, good body type for that. And uh, Zay Flowers, I think, also had a pretty good week uh, down, a good week, and uh, another one that could be in that conversation. And then, um, you know, one of the guys to watch as a developmental guy uh, is Andre uh, Yosevas. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Yes. Um, he struggled a little bit against the top level of competition down in Mobile. That's okay. He's playing at Princeton. He's he hasn't gone against the the level of corner that he would see. Physically speaking, he's as good as anybody in this draft uh, at the wide receiver position. He can learn and do some of those things. His lack of refinement right now will make him available later on. I'd keep an eye on him. He he's a guy with the physical traits. Um, I think he's a decathlete. Uh, you know, an Ivy League decathlete, and, and almost at the level of. Um, Olympic level. He came in at 6'3, 205, 443, 40, 39 inch vertical, 10 8 broad jump, 685 on the Elkhorn and a 412 shuttle with you know 20 reps on 225. He's a beast. He's a beast. He's just uh a little bit uh like I said, he's just not quite there yet, which is which is okay. Doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we got about 10 minutes left in the show, Nick. I want to talk about uh Lamar Jackson a little bit. Um you know, you sent me the tweet, that I think it was from Ian Rappaport, saying that they might use a, a transition or a non-exclusive tag. And I've got all these. A non-exclusive tag, which would mean they would have the right to match an offer. And if they didn't, it would cost two first-round draft picks to get him. Two first-round draft picks, number eight and next year's for Lamar Jackson. That sounds like a pretty good deal, Nick. That sounds better than the three first-rounders and maybe extras down the line if they put a and they would give them the right to match still but if they put that that non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson if the Ravens do that the Falcons should be really really interested and I know Ian Rappaport at least is saying they are 
Yeah, and also Ben Albright keeps saying Falcons, Falcons, Falcons uh, for the Lamar Jackson uh, trade rumors as well. So we'll see. Uh, it does make me a little nervous about the the, Fal- the fact that the Ravens can match it. Uh, what does that look like? What does the contract have to look like for you to make sure that they don't match it? Mm-hmm. But uh, it sounds like there's a lot of smoke uh, with the Lamar Jackson move. Also, we heard some rumors from Ian Rappaport that the Falcons had at least called the Bears about potentially moving up to number one. So mm-hmm. we can talk about the defense and the need for – uh, wide receiver and everything all we want, but this is a Falcons team that seems like they believe they're in a position that they at least have to make some swings at the quarterback position, just based on these rumors and what we're hearing about uh, their actions right yeah, now. Yeah, doing the due diligence at the very least. You know, that's part yeah. of your job. I, I talk about, as a general manager, my job is to replace you, basically. Uh, is is I, I have to have a list. I have to figure out ways that I can get better at every position. And it's your job to make sure that you're basically outplaying what I am paying you. So you're more valuable than, than what I'm paying you. So you, I can't replace you. You, you become irreplaceable. So going out there and, you know, as Desmond Ritter shown enough, and this is something we talked about last year, Nick was they may already have a pretty good idea whether they think Desmond Ritter can be the guy or not. You know, we mm-hmm. don't know that. I, I liked what I saw for sure. Ready to see more. But am I? Would I be willing to stake my job? Because it's different now. This is this is going to be a new year. The, the, the Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith did a good job surviving cap hell, but now expectations are going to be different. Now they're going to be okay. You, you got through this. You've got two drafts under you. This will be your third draft, and you've got some free agency money to come in and and, and move forward. You're seven and ten two years in a row. I want to see nine and eight. I want to see. I want to see at least a, a 500, and we're knocking on the door of a playoff berth. Do you trust Desmond Ritter to be that guy? We don't know yet. Yep. And if you use him as a bridge to kick the can until next season, where are you at as far as the ability to go get it? What does the quarterback class look like next year? This year, it's kind of the top four, and then it falls off a cliff. After that, though, I mean, who knows? Uh, it's hard to predict. We know we have two top dogs next season in uh, Mays and. Uh, Obviously, the guy from USC, Caleb Williams. But after that, I mean, question marks. Yep. So um, we'll see. Jason Heller comes in on Facebook. He says, good morning. Good morning to you. He says, after watching the combine, I'm good with trading down in the first, not out of, uh, and taking Tulip, the defensive end from USC. Um, I don't know too much about him, Nick. Um, what do you think? Tuli Tuli Lopu, uh, probably butchered his name, but a USC stand-up edge, 290 pounds. He came in, didn't do any of the testing at the combine, but uh, came in at 266 and did the field drills. Look good there. Uh, I don't think he's a first rounder uh, by any means, especially in this class where you got a lot of options at edge. But I can't believe we didn't even talk that much about edge and defensive line because I think they they were probably the best in best in show, uh, maybe outside of tight ends uh, this week in the combine. But uh, I think Tuli's probably more of a early third round to mid third round guy, in my opinion, pretty productive at USC, but it, with his body type, it really didn't make sense where he's going to play about 266 now. And then not testing. I mean, probably I wouldn't take him in the first round. I think guys are talking about looking, trading down in the first round edge rushers. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen. We didn't even talk about Adi Adi, uh, who had just an absolute unbelievable freak, probably the, the best, uh, combine of anybody this year. Um, then you have also, you know, guys like, uh, um, Nolan Smith, who mm-hmm. did absolutely incredible, really small, but also did incredible. So maybe those are some guys you want to keep an eye on in that uh, potential trade down if you're still looking at edge. Yeah, I have a hard time picturing them trading down right now. If if it is, one, it means a couple things. One, 
it means they're not sold on the quarterback that falls to eight. Um, uh, and someone else is, cause that's really the main reason you would trade down, um, mm-hmm. is someone comes up and gives you a good enough package that you, it, it, depending on how far you want to go. Now, if you want to go, you know, swap places with the Panthers. Okay. I'm interested. Um, but you know, how far do you want to go down when you could use an impact player on defense? That's what the Falcons really need. And if they don't want the quarterback, which we've talked about, we've hit on that one pretty good. I want Christian Gonzalez, a running mate with AJ Terrell or a fire breathing edge rusher, um, you know, pass rush. Uh, could Jalen Carter fall to eight, you know, as far as putting that deep, putting him right in the middle. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think this is, really going to affect his stock where I think he still goes in the top. I think he's still one of the top two position players taken, Nick. Um, they're misdemeanor chargers at charges. I think he got away pretty. I don't know if he got away lucky, but considering everything that happened and he's being charged, manslaughter wouldn't be out of the question and something like that. So he's, I don't think he's going to be, it's really going to be, affecting his draft stock so edge edge corner i think are still where i want to go and i think you'll have good options there could joey porter if gonzalez goes ahead could joey porter be a guy at eight i would take Devin with a spoon before joey porter personally but if you're looking for a really uh, press heavy then probably joey porter is the guy but uh, he's he's up there i think gonzalez witherspoon uh weatherspoon excuse me Porter and then Banks is going to be my order for the top cornerbacks uh, in this class. And Banks came in a little bit smaller than we thought, but tested really well and looked great in the field drills. Um, Frank's asking about Tank Dell. Um, I think Tank Dell is a really interesting wide receiver for what the Falcons need. Again, you've got size. I'm biased. I like those big wide receivers. Well, you've got a couple of them already. You, you got Drake. You got Kyle Pitts. So let's get somebody underneath them, you know, that can, that can, that brings a different skill set to the table. And Tank could be one of those guys. Tank came in at um, his first split was third best out of the wide receivers with a, with a, a 10 yard split of one, four, nine. He is cat quick. He's, he's super small. He's five, eight, 165 pounds. Um, plenty of quickness and athleticism there though, that he mm-hmm. would be very interested. I'd be very interested in him, but not, not in the first round, maybe not even in the second round. Yeah. But if you said I got tank in the third, I'd probably pretty happy. Yeah. I ran a four five forty, which is good, but uh, not amazing for the body type that he has and the type of wide receiver that he is, you know, somebody like maybe even a Marvin Mims would interest me more than tank Dell uh, right now, based on the testing and the production at a bigger school, but tank Dell, interesting player, third, fourth round I'd be in, uh, but just extremely small. And we've got a question here about centers. I'm going to bring up some of the centers here. Um, let me see. Well, I think it was Michael coming in on Facebook. Good morning, Michael. He says, good morning, guys. I think we need a center. Any good ones that will actually hit free agency? Um, I like Dahlman and Hennessy, at least where they finished. As far as Hennessy being a backup level guy, I'm okay with that. He can play a little guard. I'm okay with him being backup. Last three games of the season, Dahlman took a step forward. I thought he played pretty well. Now, do I want to bring in competition for him? Yes. Do I want to use premium resources to try and bring in competition? Probably not. Could I find somebody in the middle rounds that could come in and compete at center and guard? Probably. Um, But as far as 
centers go. Um, you know about Connor McGovern. He came in, but he's going to be too expensive more than likely, Nick. He was on a $9 million salary last year. Um, Bradley Bozeman from uh, Carolina was on 2.8 last year. Uh, Ethan Posick from Cleveland was on 1.2. So there's some guys to be had out there, and I would absolutely bring in a next tier of free agent or at least a middle round draft pick as, as a, at an interior line as well. Somebody who's versatile who can play guard and center that can uh, be relatively inexpensive and provide coverage in case injuries happen. I think that's what you're looking for there. Um, maybe, maybe you sign a vetman Graham Glasgow, uh, from Denver for, I mean, he's a future eighth offensive lineman. You can I'd rather, ha- I'd rather have Hennessy there. You know, Hennessy can yeah. play guard, and and I'd rather have Dalm, the combination of Dalman and Hennessy than wasting. Sorry to say, wasting, but to have a roster spot on Graham Glasgow. Yeah, just doesn't move. He's he's too immobile. Oh um, yeah, it's a, it's a knee injuries have zapped him a bit. Yeah. So on that note, guys, we're gonna get out of here. Want to just kind of wrap up by saying, very interesting options at number eight. Um, and, and we went we went through five or six positions that it could be with with multiple options there. So. The death of this class was a little bit premature. I think there's going to be some some very good players to have. Edge corner would be my top two priorities for the Atlanta Falcons if they stayed at eight and they're happy with Desmond Ritter and they're bringing back Caleb McGarry. If Caleb McGarry goes somewhere, and I don't think he will, we'll see, but I don't think he will. I think at the very worst, he's going to get a franchise tag. Mm-hmm. Then I don't see a reason to take another offensive lineman that high. Um, yeah. I think they'll probably roll with Ritter. Go get defense. Go get defense. Lamar Jackson, if he gets that non-exclusive tag, you're going to be interested in him. The thing is, so will other teams because two first-round picks is not that big a deal. That's not bad for Lamar Jackson. That'd be a good deal. If you've got the money to make the contract happen, Falcons have some money, and you can work the contract so that the initial cap hits aren't awful, and the cap hits should the, the salary cap should increase – through the years of his contract. Uh, and finally, there's still smoke around the Falcons trading up to number one, uh, talking with the Bears and moving up. So maybe they're not sold on that quarterback spot. On that note, Nick and I are going to uh, swing on over to Mile High Huddle and talk uh, some Broncos this morning. We will be back Wednesday morning, 9 o'clock, to talk draft, to talk all kinds of rumors, free agency, etc., etc., and saying good morning to John, our friend, Degeneration X. Thank you, sir closing us out with a super so if you don't follow us over to mile high huddle we'll see some of you there we'll see you back here wednesday morning 9 a.m eastern thanks for being here everybody